Coaches, welcome to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. Before we get rolling with part two of the interview with Terrence McGriff, we want to remind you to check out Dr. Dish, mention the podcast, get $300 off any shooting machine. Also, trade in your old machine, you can get another $1,000 off. That's what I did in order to get the Dr. Dish um, with my program. Also, Interpro Sports, um, go to interpro.com, schedule a free demo. They have a phenomenal app that will help your players get an efficient and effective workout regardless of the equipment they have. If they only have body weight, if they only have a bench press, kettlebells, whatever it is, they can get a great workout. And last thing, the Hoosier Gym Clinic is August 27th and 28th, and we're only going to accept about 200 coaches for the clinic, and we are already uh, have quite a few registered. So, guys, go ahead and register at unitedbasketballclinics.com. Reserve your spot. Payment must be made by July 15th in order to get the early bird uh, pricing discount. A- after July 15th, the price will go up to normal pricing. So, again, reserve your spot. Phil Beckner, Tyler Costin, Rob Jones, Mark Cassio, Joe's Decision, Jamie Beckler, and Travis Doherty. So reserve your spot at unitedbasketballclinics.com. Now let's get to part two where Chip Clark interviews such a phenomenal coach, um, Terrence McGriff. Enjoy this episode, guys. We are back with Coach Terrence McGriff of Bartow High School uh, Boys Basketball Program, uh, the Bartow Yellow Jackets. Uh, We have talked a lot about community basketball so far and how to build a community program for your team and that brand. Uh, it's been fantastic so far, Coach. Thanks so much for for being with us. Um, I've taken a lot of notes already uh, right now, and this has been some great stuff. I know it's going to help a lot of coaches um, that are listening to it, especially at the grassroots level, um, and, and it's just been so good. I want to transition now in this part of the, the show to talk more about X's and O's and about how you build your program um, you know, from a system standpoint and, and your on-court strategy practices, everything that goes into that. And I wanted to start it off by, you know, kind of telling my perspective of a night about a month or so ago uh, when your team was playing in the 6A state championship game. I was sitting at the scores table doing the live, recording the live uh, in-game stats for that game. And I got to witness your, uh, your Bartow Yellow Jackets uh, win your second state title since you've been at Bartow. And, uh, man, that was an incredible, incredible game. I think you guys were down uh, six at halftime. Um, so before we get, we get into the rest of the game, I wanted to see – I just wanted to ask you, what, were, what was your talk like at halftime? You know, I've been, I've been fortunate to be on – when I played in high school, uh, our basketball team, my junior and senior year, we made it to the state championship game both times. We lost to the same team both years – um, so I've been I've been fortunate to sit in those halftime speeches um, of a state championship game, but I want to know, you know, what did you tell your guys? You know, what did you and the coaching staff rally around to help you know re-energize your guys for the second half of a very very important game? Philosophically, each most coaches have a side that they lean on, offensive, defensive, and we we're very good offensively, but we're built our program systematically on the floor is built on defense and we were just getting gashed by Dillard which which that guy's won seven state titles so he's he's a hall of fame coach and they were doing a great job against our pressure of just gashing us for layups uh uh so we talked we made a few adjustments about that you know our best two players were in foul trouble and yet it was still a four to six point game so we some of it was encouraging that hey guys we're fine we're right where we need to be we 
you know, we, we've been in these games before, although we hadn't been down much. Uh, we weren't down much in the year. We were a team that uh, got off the good starts and we played with a lead, but we, we've been down a few times and we are good. Uh, so that was probably the motivational uh, part. And those probably, and then offensively, uh, well, our best two players were, were in foul trouble and that, that, that gave us some problems with flu, fluidity offensively. But we kind of, I think it was 30, 32, 26 or something like that at the half. We felt like, listen, we, if we can, we can be better defensively. Like, it was 32 points, and they were shooting like 60% from the field. Like, at halftime, I think I looked at the stats, and it was like 60 from 60. Well, we yeah. can't play a game if they're going to shoot 60% from the field. And they're getting layups. Yep. Like, we can't give up layups. And so we, we made some adjustments to the press. We, we kind of went on the chalkboard and drew up what they were doing and how we're going to adjust. Our half-court defense needed to be better. And then, uh, and then we told those other kids, stop making dumb fouls and let's stay in the game and win the ball game. And I think we came out and made like a six or seven point, a six, a six or seven old run to start the game. So now we're back in the game. Where if I think the last thing we said as we come back out on the court in the huddle outs, you know, right after warmups, after the halftime warmups. And now listen, we can't let them come out and, and score the first six because now you're down 12 and that's the game. You got a champions respond. They've hit us with their best shot. You want to be a champion? Respond. And the kids, I think we come out with like seven under run, take a one point lead. Absolutely, you did. And I, I remember sitting there, um, seeing that response, and I thought, okay, here they are. You know, here they are. I know you guys made some adjustments. Um, fast forward, we're going through, um, we're going through this second half. It's a very competitive game against what you said is true. A very competitive team in Dillard. Right. Um, you get to the end of the I see I see hustle plays all over, which is a staple of your team. Um, another thing that stuck out to me is you mentioned earlier in the podcast your your big is not a, a typical big. How tall is he again? Yeah, he's six six two, maybe we'll say six three because he'll get mad. Yeah. <laughs> he is built like a he's built like a tank though, and he is super strong. And I remember I, I can't remember. Um, what part of the game it was or what possession, but I, I remember, you know, him doing putback layups and getting his rebound like three times with these other big guys all around him and just clearing it out. And, and that's the kind of player he is, and that's the kind of players you have on your team. So fast forward to the end, and four quarters was not enough, Coach. What were you thinking? What were you thinking going into the extra period? Well, well to get, you know, we're down by five with – it's under three minutes to go, if I'm not mistaken. And Dillard wasn't stalling, but they were being patient on offense. And so we had to switch defenses again um, because, you know, it's, a, it's it, the clock's running in the games. I mean, this is, this is the game. And so we, we made another switch to a little zone trap defensively and just caused them to hurry and then got a great shot uh, to cut it to two. And so to, for us, once we, uh, you know, and then we, we made a few more plays to get it to overtime. So for us, once we got it to overtime, Here's the interesting thing about overtime, okay? So we, we're, we're, we're playing from behind the whole game. We're playing from behind because, number one, the other team's good. Uh, they're longer than us. Uh, we're in foul trouble. Uh, and it's a championship affair. So whatever factors are, this championship game, they're, they're good and we're good. And, and, but we're, we're fighting. And once we get it to overtime, I get my chair and I'm about to – I always take my chair and, and, and take a chair off the bench and face the other chair so I can talk to the team. And I and I, you know, everybody's celebrating because we're down by five with two or three minutes to go. We come back with tie the game and send it overtime. And they had chances to win it in regulation and couldn't make it. So everybody's excited, the crowd's excited. The uh where the state championships that are played at in Florida or in Lakeland, they're at the RP Funding Center, which is like 
20 minutes for Bartow. So we've got a, it's a partisan crowd. Everybody's going crazy. And I'm trying to collect my thoughts. And as I sit down and as the guys who were in the game sit down, one of our seniors, DJ Marsh, comes and kneels right beside me and he coaches the huddle. So now you're in the state championship wow. game. Two state championship programs. They, they've won seven. That guy's won seven. And their schools won eight. And we're looking for our fifth and my second. They won the state championship game last year, you know. And, and we're in overtime. We forced overtime. And here comes a senior. And he, he, he doesn't play as much as he plays, but not because we play everybody, but doesn't play as much as the other guy. He, he's coaching the huddle. I'm sitting there. Matter of fact, uh, you know Marlon because you all work together sometimes officially. Right. He, he he says something, and I turn around and say, shut up. Because <laughs> a player is coaching the huddle. I'd love to see it. And so that that was something I remember. And then once we got to overtime, we just took control of the game. You did. Um, it was our first time to actually take control of the game. But um, like Josh – at 6'2 or 6'3, controlling their 6'8 kid physically. Physically, it was a physical mismatch, and their kid was at a disadvantage uh, because, because our style of play is physical. And I think in the end, I think we wore them out. And, and, and in some things we've done that, we've, that's, that's kind of what our program's about, uh, and it's kind of what the season was about. And because they were such a worthy opponent, it took us a little longer. It took us overtime, but we wore them out. And so, it was just a tremendous feeling. You get there. First of all, I know coaches, there's some coaches that never get to a Final Four. So I'm very thankful. I, I don't take it for granted that it's like our birthright to get there. And we've been in five this decade, from 20, from 29 to now, we've been in five in 10 or 11 years. And so we win one in 22. We get there in nine, we're kind of green. We win, we win it in 10. We get back in 13 and 14, and we don't. We get there and we win the championship game. We don't win it. And it's like, well, we'll be back next. We got Tony Bradley. We got Tony Bradley coming back in 15 and 16. He's like, well, we don't get back, and we haven't been back. And so when you're there, you're thinking, well, this may be my last time getting here. I don't take it for granted like we're going to be here every year. And we've got a good team coming back next year. I'm not trying to. But you don't know. Like, and so you're just trying to, as a coach, I'm trying to stay in the moment. I'm trying to anticipate, stay ahead. You're trying to manage foul trouble or you're trying to manage, okay, this kid's a little nervous. This is a state championship game. And, 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 you know, kids have nerves. And so you're trying to manage that. Okay, this kid's rolling. And so all those things are going through your mind. And as the horn sounded as we went, and I was first thankful to the Lord. And then so thankful for the – I broke down in tears of joy. Thankful for the kids because this year we, had a, we have a tremendous group every year. But we, they let us coach them like men. Like we, we, I went in there like a college coach and how I approached them and coaching them like men in the way I can talk to them directly, in the way we can be honest, in the way they can hold each other accountable um, uh, in the classroom or on the court. Um, it, it's a pretty special season. The culmination, the culmination of all of that hard work, all the community that you've built over the years. I could see it on your face. I looked over. Um, I looked over to the bench area once you guys, uh, once the final horn sounded, and and I see Coach McGriff back down in his chair for the first time the whole game. I might add because if you don't know if you if you don't know Coach McGriff's coaching style, um, I have to tell you that he doesn't sit at all. Okay, and he's moving the entire game, the entire game, and uh, and so <laughs> I don't think he's still for a, so to see him respond by, you know, as soon as that final horn sounded, just sinking down in his chair and sitting there while people come and hug him. You got the players out on the court celebrating the fans, which he said it was like a hometown crowd 
They're going wild. Um, to see all that was just really special. Coaches, I have to take a minute here to brag on my good friends at Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish is unbelievable. Hundreds of drills you can do with the Dr. Dish shooting machine. They track your player shooting. You can track your team shooting. The players have the individual app. It is so user-friendly. But I want to make sure you know how you can get a Dr. Dish using their one-year no-interest payment plan. That's what I did. I'm in a small school, not a large budget. I paid half up front, and I paid the remainder over the next year at no interest. So contact Dr. Dish, mention this podcast, receive an extra discount, and they will take care of you. Now, back to the podcast. It was exhausting, so it was everything coming at once. I was exhausted from the journey, and uh, it was joy because we accomplished it. Because you, as a high school coach, and like I say, we're a regular high school week. We've got very good players, but but we don't have our prep school players, or not not ten of them, you know. And so it's like a culmination, not just for this year, but as as a coach, I guess it validates you and and that hey, what you're doing, we're okay with what we're doing, and all the work is worth it, and all the work that the kids put in was worth it. And so I, I it was I was relieved. Sometimes as a coach, you can screw it up, and so sometimes my prayers come. You know, McGriff, you got some talent, like, and we worked hard. Don't screw this up. And so uh, I didn't screw it up. You didn't. And I'm thankful for that. And, and for the kids. thankful for the kids and the coaches and the community. Like, like all those things were rushing through my mind. The, the sacrifice that my wife has to make, you know, my brother and my mom, all my family and stuff like that. It, it, you know, it was unbelievable. That's awesome. And and you, you mentioned the, the kids and the student athletes. Let's talk about that because you don't get there by chance, you know, it's, it's all the hard work that we've discussed. Um, let's, let's rewind it then. We've, we've hit the end of the season, right? Let's rewind it all the way back to preseason. Um, what are your top three things that you ask of each of your players um, heading into a season? Is there anything in particular? Is it different for every player? Um, but, but what are your top three things that you really hammer home with your, your players? Chip, I really think they're life things, but, but we use them for basketball. You you got to show up every day. That's the one. That's the first one. You, unless you've got a tragedy or something, you've got to show up to every practice, to every whatever we're doing, every plyometric session, every weightlifting session. You got to show up if you're gonna participate, and you got to practice hard. You go when you go, you got to go hard, and you like you're either going hard and you're gonna do it by choice or by force. Like you ain't you ain't got an option. Those two things. I know you said three, but those two things. A couple of comments on that that I want to make. We tell the kids, you got to show up, and then you got to show up in your show up, and then the very best players show out when they show up. Uh, so that's so when I say show up, it, you just can't show up. Like, you just can't be a dead, dead, dead wing. You, you got to show up. And then the second thing is you're going to go hard, and you, ain't, you don't have a choice. I've heard some of the college coaches and the NBA coaches, really the college coaches more than the NBA, I've heard them talk and say that I don't coach effort. I want to ask those guys, I, I think that's a, let me use my words, I think yeah. that's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> I, because we, because at my level, and at their level too, because I watch college and I, I'm a, I'm, I love basketball, like you got to coach effort. And effort is a skill that you can teach, just like mm, dribbling, yeah. passing, and shooting. So I, I, I used to, uh, Larry Brown was at a coach. I was at a coaching clinic. He said, "Well, we don't coach effort." Well, you're full of crap. Yes, you do coach effort. 
you and here's how you coach it. If you aren't gonna go hard, That's you right. sit down. You aren't gonna and so and so I think those two things. If we can't coach effort if you don't show up, if you're willing to show up and not just show up and be a dead body, but like be engaged. And then you're gonna be engaged because if you if you're not engaged, you ain't gonna play. You're gonna play hard because if you're not, if you don't play hard, you ain't gonna play. So if I think the two things, really two things we require our kids, you got, you gotta show up every day. Consistency is what it is. So if you had to pick a term, we, we say show up because that's that's how we get it across to our kids. But for coaches, maybe it's consistency. And then the accountability, that's the other word. Well, for us, we say, well, you're gonna play hard and you ain't got a choice. Like you're gonna practice, you're gonna lift weights hard, you're gonna do it because if you don't, you're gonna do it again. And you're gonna do it again. Like this is the way we do things here. Uh, we've got a kid. We've got a kid. Uh, we're sitting at home. Coach, I'm at my house. And Coach Diaz is out. We're texting, trying to think about. We've got some kids. We got to replace for next year, and we're trying to. So we've got a kid that's we was pretty got a chance to help us on varsity move from JV, and we're texting yesterday. And I said, "Well, Coach, you know this kid. You know, is he going to help us?" And 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 Coach said it. He says he don't have a choice. He it's a freshman. It's going to be a sophomore, and he's got a chance to help the varsity. He said, well. First of all, my coach D was saying, well, here's why I didn't have a choice, because the other guys that are on the court are going to say, you, we don't do that on varsity. Like, it's another level. Like, you, you can go. And then I'm going to be on his butt to say, well, well this ain't JV, <laughs> sucker. You, you were great on JV. This is varsity. And this is state championship. We're trying to win a state championship every year. And this is the way you're going to do it, or you can get out. And so I say, I think consistency and accountability. And for us, we say – those are the catch because everybody uses those friends for us to show up every day. If you just if we just get you to show up to school, to practice every day, we win in a battle. And then we are going. Our environment dictates that you're going to have to go hard because if you don't, you're going to get embarrassed. Like it ain't always because we're we're cussing and fussing. Some of it is that kid's going hard, and if you don't, you're going to get embarrassed. I think those are the two things every day that that, that uh, quantify our program and who who we are, what we're about. Well, it's really seemed to re- those two principles have really seemed to resonate uh, with your team this year, especially uh, as I witnessed. Um, and and part of that being um, that buy-in that you get from the team around their roles. So I mentioned, you know, when when you look at your bench, you think, you know, a couple of things that pop out is that we've already talked about the number of your assistant coaches, right? We've already established what their roles are. But another thing that you see is that there's they're constantly running from the bench to the scores table to check in the game, and they're in and out and in and out. You you rotate your players. Um, it seems that your players have bought into their role and that you've clearly defined it for them so that that there is that uh, – th- there's no guessing. You know that you've already defined what their role is going to be on the team. They know what it's going to be. They accept that role, and then they do it when they're on the court, and they come out of the game without any attitude and stuff like that. So explain a little bit about your role players, how you establish those roles for your players and the buy-in that you get from the team and the team chemistry. We, Chip, we have, we do not define, this is, I hope I'm saying this right. I hope this makes sense. We have never given a kid a role. We tell our players that your skill defines your role. And so we've got guys that are defensive. We've got some guys that don't play as many minutes. Maybe instead of playing 20 minutes, they play five or six minutes because they're defensive stoppers. Well, we're very honest in telling our kids that the defensive stopper means that you ain't great on offense. And if you ain't great on offense, get your butt in the gym and work on your skill. 
And so we we have never defined, we have never given, I have never telling the kid, well, you're our defensive stop. The kids still define their role. And we give the kids from the time the season is over, we give them two weeks off, usually to spring break. So let's say April 1 until December 1. So you're talking about, you're talking about all of, all of April, May, we play a ton of games in June, okay? Uh, and then we come back, we, we have stuff going in August, September. We'll talk about maybe our, our, our preseason conditioning, which is one of the big keys to our success. And then we, the first month of practice, and then we, games are starting. We get, you got six months to define your role. And then December 1, I said, okay, here's what you do best based on the last six or seven months. <laughs> and here's what you do best. But then, see, so I take the approach, language is important. I, I can tell you that, and so all I've done is say, well, I tell the kids in my language, well, you define your role. So now, so now I put the onus on them. We also tell that to the parents. So we went we, we, in one of the other things we talked about parents. Well, I said, well, ma'am, I don't, your kid determines his playing time based off of his skill set, what he can do. And is he the best guy at his position or the second best guy at his position? So, so, so that's something about, about role players. Now, because we've given them six months, and we tell them in April, listen, we let our post guys bring the ball up when we're playing uh, ball in the summer. So Big Tony Bradley sometimes we could bring the ball up. I mean, we, we let them have that freedom. Right. And we, we give them a chance to work on their game. And then when we get back to, to November and once we get to December, after we get to preseason, we're getting ready to start to play games. You know, now we, we say, hey, now here's what you do best. And if you want to play, here's what you got to do to, to play. And then because we've given them that leash and because we've given them an ex, a chance to explore themselves and a chance maybe to be in a role that they, they weren't normally in, uh, most, most of the kids are accepting of their responsibility when it's time to, to, to build a, you know, the rotation for who's getting minutes, who's getting the most minutes, stuff like that. We play a lot of guys. So for most of the year, we had 11 guys on varsity, uh, 11 guys played. Um, there's sometimes that the 11th guy plays three minutes. There's sometimes that the 11th guy plays seven minutes. And that's, you know, it depends on the game, what the situation calls for. Uh, our style of play helps us with that because we are both a pressing team. We press most of the game and we're a fast breaking team. So we, I think we're just going to wear you out. And, and so that's part of it. Um, we, you talked a little bit about chemistry and yes, in part of this question was chemistry and leadership. Um, Chip, in 18 years, I've never picked the captain. I, I know some mm. of the coaches out there are going to say this guy's full of crap. I'm, I'm, just, well, I'm telling you. How, the leaders emerge. The leaders emerge in April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. The leaders, the, the people who, who wind up being the captains of the team, the leaders of the captains of the team, are the people who are leading. During August, from, from April to November. If there are times that we have negative leadership, do I step in and redirect it during that time to try to, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of my job. But probably, well, maybe the first couple of years we were having that problem, but probably since the third or fourth year, the first year we kind of upset late was in the playoffs. Leaders emerge because the program is set and they see what the people before them are doing and they, because so we're, we're losing Josh Simons this year. He was one of the captains. Well, we've already got guys who have started to step up because they've seen what he's done. And so we don't, we don't pick a leader. We don't pick a captain. Uh, the chemistry happens. 
because of all the things the kids have to go through in a practice or and 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 in, in the preseason condition. Um, the practices are hard, Chip. Now we, you know, I I'm I'm a little bit nervous about saying this because we're in the load management era, and we're in the, yes. everybody's um everybody's watching kids minutes era, but we get after it. I mean, we have I'm not afraid to say we have two and a half three and a half practice, and we're getting after it. Right. Uh, but that's how we build uh, how we play on the floor. So when you talked about how we're hustling, how we're physical, how we can take a 6'3 guy and, and go against a 6'8 guy and the 6'3 guy, we're going to win that battle. Like we, we told the guys, if we're going to win the state championship, we've got to win inside. And everybody's looking around like, well, that's no problem. Our kids are looking around like, we, because we, we got 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, we've been winning those battles all year. Now the other team didn't know it. Uh, they're thinking they're just going to take it and dump it inside of their 6'8". Like, no, no, no. If we win this battle, we win the game. Well, that 6'8 guy, I think, had six points and three rebounds. And my 6'3 guy's got ten points, and he, he wasn't in foul trouble. He's got uh, – he's close to a double-double. I don't know what he had, but he, he's 10 and 7 or, or 11 and 8 or something like that. And my, my backup posts the same thing. And so I think that starts in practice and imply metrics, which are uh, – they are – you say, well, Coach Riff, what are the two things that you feel like separate you all? Our plyometric program, which is our preseason conditioning. We started the second week of school in August, and it goes to, to a week before practice starts, from August to November. And I may be jumping ahead. If I'm jumping ahead, just tell me. Um, it's two, we, we, we do it two days a week. We're, we're running stadiums. We're jumping stadiums. We're running the track. We're running the mile. We're doing sand pit stuff to work on the ankles. We're doing foot ladders like the quick feet football speed ladders. We're doing anaerobic ladders where we're doing a one up the court or one a three. We're running uh, sprints, so to speak. We're lifting weights, uh, leg weight, upper body. And it is, it is done in a way where the kids are, are getting a break for safety reasons, but it's, it's one after another. It's, it's two hours, it's action packed, two hours, bam, 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 bam. You would be amazed. Because everybody says, well, because if your teams play, they're so tough. I don't think our kids are any tougher than anybody else's kids. It ain't, ain't like the water in Bartos different than the water in Lake Wales or the water in Bartos different than the water in Kathleen. The, the key to everything we do is the uh, intensity and effort to which we do it, like with the plyometrics, the weightlifting, uh, the, the excitement to which we do it. And, and here's the big thing about it. That translates to chemistry and camaraderie on the floor. You, you, we're at the end of a workout. We're, we're doing some kind of a conditioning session, and, and we're, we're finishing it with sprints or something like that. And a kid, one of the guys is struggling, and another one of his teammates goes and picks him up and helps him to finish. That does something when, when you're struggling together. Um, I think the very best programs, and I think, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if we're the very best, but we, we work to be the best Bartow we can be. I think they create an atmosphere of vulnerability for the players. And vulnerability meaning that, you know, I can, I can break down, I can cry, I can, um, I can fail and be safe to not be picked on. I can, I can do all that stuff and my brother's going to pick me up. And so I think the plyometrics and weightlifting and conditioning program we're doing in the fall, I think that sets the tone for who we are. It's one of the biggest things about who we are is 
we call it plyometrics, but it's, it's conditioning, it's weightlifting, it's, it's, it's all of that stuff put together. Um, the second part of the practices, and, and the preseason practices in particular. So from the time we have, so from, let's say November 1st is when most of the time, first we do, until December 1st. They're brutal. Uh, when I say brutal, they're physical. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't want to say live play because we're doing skill work and what some coaches call drill work, but there's a lot of intensity. Um, they're, they're in anybody that's not going hard because if you're not, you're being called out and you're being called out by me. You're being called out by the sisters. You're being called out by your teammates. Uh, and, and, or you're embarrassed because everybody else is playing hard is a skill you can teach. Like we say effort, you can teach that. And so, um, with, with the effort in practice, execution, like we just ain't playing hard, but we're also, we want to be pristine. Like we have an expectation that, that we're, we're well-tuned, like a car well-tuned. And so practices are intense. They're physical. Most of the guys, to be honest with you, they would say that they're long, okay? Uh, and uh, we get after it. And so those two things, the combination of, of the plyometrics in the preseason and then the, the, the tough practices, they, you know, they define who our program is. They really, they really, it's who, it's what we're about, uh, which, which, which hard work, show up every day, hard work, like consistency and accountability, you know. I've seen a, I've actually seen a couple of your practices where there's like games that I had been working like after your practice gets over and I see the tail end of your practice. And uh, for you listeners, I'll go ahead and say it this way. I already mentioned earlier his coaching style while he's on the sideline. It's the same exact way in practice because I've seen you post up your bigs. I've seen you pull your pants legs up and get in a defensive stance and play defense. I've seen you do all that stuff. You are out there coaching the whole entire time and showing them how it's to be done. Have you always been that way? If you are a coach who runs camps and clinics, I'd like to introduce you to Inner Pro Sports. Coaches everywhere are using Inner Pro to provide their campers with individualized strength and conditioning, mental performance training, and personal nutrition metrics all to their phone. It's easy to implement and will make your camp more profitable. To learn more, email them at train at innerpro.com. That's train at innerpro, I-N-N-E-R pro.com. Yes, I'm, pro- I'm probably mellow now. Like if you talk to if you talk to Lawson and Marlon, the guys who played for me that are now on the staff, they say this is like the. Uh, he, I, they think I'm like mellow cello or something like that now. But you know, so first of all, Chip, I view I'm an educator. This is my classroom. If you if you walked in a science classroom, like that teacher's dissecting a frog. They're intense, and that teacher that teacher's excited about teaching uh, uh, the anatomy of cutting that frog. You walk in a knees class and that, that teacher's teaching prepositional phrases, for instance, because uh, I like writing. But that teacher's, they're working on Romeo and Juliet. Well, they're passionate about teaching the kids, Romeo. Well, well and basketball coaches, we're, we're, this is my class. Like, and we're teaching. And, and, uh, and so I, it's the best time for me. The games, I'm nervous. I told the guys, the games are for the players. The practices are for me. Like it's my teaching environment, and and we're we're teaching basketball, 
but we're using we're just using basketball. We're really teaching life, which is how to be a man. What are men? Men are providers. Men are protectors of their family. Um, uh, and that stuff doesn't come from me. That comes from Jesus. That's that's what this is my interpretation. That comes from Jesus to us, and and this is what we're supposed to be teaching our guys. And and the biggest thing, and here's this is the big thing because I told you the language matters. And so we try to we try to in today's age, my language is better. And when I say better, it doesn't mean that I don't fuss at the kids, but I I'll try to work on my language so that I get them to, to think more in today's terms. I, I tell them, you know, God is pleased with you with us because we're using the gifts He gave us. Like my, I got a gift. My gift. I, I love coaching basketball. I love affecting young men. Uh, I love teaching first of all, and I teach men and women. I'm a PE teacher, but but we're talking about basketball, so I love affecting young men. I love doing it. In the town, I do it. At the school, I do it. In the community, I do it. So you got to give. He's giving you a gift to play, and you ain't going to use it. Like, you're going you're gonna to half down the court. You're going to walk down. No, you ain't doing that here. Like, we ain't letting you not use your gifts here. And so when you put it like that to a kid, instead of fussing at them, which probably 10 years ago, I probably would fuss and cuss them. Uh, I'm not saying I don't fuss or do that stuff now, but it's more of that trying to get them to think in the terms of how the God I serve would think, well, McGriff, he, he gave me a gift and I'm using it. And he gave you one player A and player B and you're going you're gonna to use it here. Like there ain't no, you ain't got no choice. And so I think, I think practices set the tone of intolerance for mediocrity, uh, of, of exceptionalism. Uh, and I don't know if we do anything different. I think we do it consistently. That's so very I, good. Yeah, I don't people people like when I go to a coaching clinic, when I uh, I listen to podcasts or I listen to videos. Like now, a lot of people are doing the Zoom videos, coaching conferences. You know, I don't think it's much that we're doing that's different than what anybody else is doing. Or our philosophy of play, we're going to talk about our, our we press and we we're fast break. Well, you're going to do it every possession, or you ain't going to play. And that's from the best player to the twelfth player. Like that's and that's. Okay, that permeates down to the JV, <laughs> and so now it's so, so now it permeates down to the middle school. Our middle, our middle school won the middle school championship. Chip. Our JV this year was twenty-one and one. Wow! And our varsity was thirty. And so, so we probably lost. We lost two games with three teams. That's insane. And it ain't it ain't rocket science. Here's the way you're gonna do it here. This because if you don't want to do it here, our school, our district is a choice district. You can go to somebody else's school, <laughs> and we ain't gonna be mad at you because yep. you ain't gonna. Ultimately, we're setting a standard because if you don't want to do that here, you can't. We can't win anyway. Like it don't matter how talented you are. Right. Uh, we talked about recruiting kids, uh, recruiting our own kids. We lost a kid uh, this summer who probably would have played some minutes for us. The minute he walked out, Coach D said, "Man, we're gonna miss that kid." And, and I said, no, we aren't. I said, because he don't want to buy in. And he, I don't know if he started, but he'd been one of the top six or seven. He don't want to buy into what we're doing. We can't win with him. And so I think, I think coaches sometimes think they get back in the corner, that they have to accept kids not doing what, you know. We're, so if, if we deserve any credit, it's because we're consistent. We're faithful to our commitment that you're going to show up every day if you want to play. If you're going to class every day now, well, you ain't going to play. You go to the office, there's punishments more rough. You can't do the punishment, you ain't going to play. If you don't practice hard, you can't play. 
And it ain't nothing that we're preaching. It's the other kids preaching it because that's the environment that we created over the 18 years. It definitely sounds like you do a good job of setting those expectations for them at a very, not only of an early age, but very early on in the season yes. uh, with your new group of guys, for sure. I wanted to, before we move on to the next part, um, which I'm excited about, I want to uh, to circle back to a few things you said over this last segment, which, and just, you know, for those of you that are taking notes, you probably wrote down the same things that I did. Um, when Coach was talking about you define your role. So, like, the player defines their role. Um, right. Going back to the role players thing, that was something I really loved that you said. Also talking about how team chemistry and also about leaders and stuff. Like, you've never picked a captain. You know, they they establish themselves, like, through the offseason, and it kind of manifests itself at that time. And then you may coach the leaders. You may coach them. Um, yes. But but it's not like you're you're picking the captains. They define themselves and, and what, how they lead. Um, I love those things. You mentioned in this last segment that um, your aggressive style of play, and that is absolutely a staple of your program. Um, I know that when we talked the other day, you know, one of the first things I brought up was your aggressive defense. I've seen your defense force many, many turnovers. Your full court press just, I mean, just sucks the life out of people from time to time. Um, and you mentioned something very interesting to me um, when I was talking about your aggressive style on defense. Um, and, and you mentioned something to me. I want you to explain it to our listeners right now about how, it, how it's impacted on the offensive end, too. We, uh, we get credit for being a very good defensive team, and, and that's, that's my personality. When I say I don't, I don't mean to say I, that's our personality. Um, I, I wasn't a very good offensive player when I played, so probably, I, it probably lended itself to us being good defensively. We, we believe that defense are rebounding wins championships. But at the same time, we're pretty good offensively, and our offense matches what we do defensively. Okay, so defensively, we're, we're a man-to-man defensive team. We're running jump. We're running jump. We're running jump uh, uh, defensive team. Um, we, we've done that all 18 years. There's some times that we, we run and jump more than other times. Sometimes if we don't have the personnel, we, we don't trap as much. There may be stuff like this year because we had the bodies, we trapped, we rotated, we just somebody get tired, it's like, whoop, get somebody to the bench, sub in. And so people know us for that style. But offensively, we pushed up all. I mean, we we believe in the fast break. Like, and it complements our, our defense. And what we probably do better than anybody in our area, and 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 I guess this year anybody in the state in our class or tomorrow, we 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 wear people out. Well, we wear people out for a combination because we play a lot of bodies. We wear people out because we press, but then, you know, people don't want to play defense. I mean, most offense is instinctive. People want to put the ball in the basket. Uh, People don't want to play defense. So on offense, we're going to make them play defense. We're going to push it down their throat. Uh, Some of the best moments we had in the state championship game uh, was was they score a basket, we get the ball out of the basket, we pitch it down the sideline, and while they're celebrating, we get a shot up. Uh, sometimes we make it, sometimes we're there for an offensive rebound. Like, like, so we're aggressive offensively. Um, why do we play that way offensively? Well, kids want to play that way. Like, kids want to play fast. It's one of the things how we can sell them on the tough conditioning that we got to be in premium conditioning. We'll, we'll have, a, we'll have a, a time that's going on in the preseason conditioning, implied metrics, where somebody's, you know, it's hard and kids are struggling. And we'll stop and say, wait a minute now. <laughs> Now, y'all told us y'all want to run. Now, do y'all want us to walk it up and call a set 
and you know call out motion offense and or, or do y'all want to run? Well, coach, we, we want to run. Okay, well, if you want to run, then let's run. You know, and so the thing about it is you you we're it's psychology, and we're teaching the kids we want to be on attack at all times. And so I we get credit for our defense. It's what we built the program on. It's our hallmark. It's who we're about. Um, we're, we're pretty good. We, we scored 69 points a game on offense. Well, for high school, that's a lot of points. And, you know, we're not playing cream puzzle. We're playing some people. Uh, and, and so we, we also are very good on offensively, and it works together. Chip it ties together into, into what our mentality is. We're going to wear you out. Uh, you may be a little bit more talented, but you, gonna, you better play for 32 minutes. Okay, you may have five guys as good, but we're going to play 10. And that guy tired ain't as good as my guy fresh. And, and, and so probably what happened in the state championship game, well, we talked about it. They, they're, they're, a, they're a championship program. This year, because he's won seven of them, so it's not like it. But this year, we were a little deeper, a little tougher. Uh, we wore them out. And both sides. Both sides. Um, and so, you know, I, let's talk about our offense. I don't know if we, you want me getting into this or not, but we, we, um, people ask me, well, what do we run? Well, we're a motion team. Uh, we're a secondary break team. So, so now we're getting into the nitty gritty of uh, basket. We're a motion team. We're a secondary break team. And we run sets. And I, I went to clinics where some people have said, well, you've got to pick one thing that you're good at and do it. We take the other philosophy and we say, we believe our kids to be intelligent. We believe that because they're intelligent, we can do multiple things. And we believe that you can be great at multiple things. And so here you're talking about a team that we're a fast break. We're, we're uh, for, the, for the listeners out there, we're a North Carolina fast break. We're Loyola Marymount, that type of fast break team. But you, you, you got other teams that are good in transition defense and slow that down. So then we're also a uh, let's, a Carolina break, secondary break type of team where we, we get, if they slow us down, we can cut that. And then there's some teams that take that, take that away. And so we're also a motion and a set team, depending on who we're playing. And so we're able to incorporate all of that in a practice. Practice are fast-paced. They are, and so how do you get all that in? Well, the practices are fast-paced. They're long, but they're fast-paced. And we work on it every day, some portion of it every day. Uh, and we work on it in an intense way. And we work on it in an exact way. So if kids are making mistakes, well, we're just going to keep doing it over. And we're going to keep doing it over and over and over. And repetition solves stuff. And we, I mean, we've got, we're, we got regular American kids. They're not, we, we got some role scholars and some kids that ain't role scholars. Uh, and, and they all seem to learn because we're consistent with it. This is what we're going to do. This is who we are. This is how we want to play. And so we take, we take great pride offensively in being pretty good. We're a low turnover team, even though we play fast. We're a low turnover team. Uh, we're teaching shot selection is so important. Like uh, some people say you got to know who you are. Well, you got to know who you are. And, and we, give, we give kids from April to November kind of the we give you the freedom to take the shots you want. And then in, no, in November, December, <laughs> like, okay, here's your skill set. And so you, you decided because you can't make that shot that you can't take that three-pointer. I ain't decided that now, John. You decided that you can't make that shot. So, uh, so I, think, I think practices help define that and the intensity of them. And 
uh, teaching the kids what a good shot is, what's an what's a okay shot, what's a bad shot, what's a good shot. We take very few bad shots. Sometimes we, sometimes you got to let your better players take okay shots because they're capable of making them. But most of the time we take good shots. And that helps our defense out. Um, one of the things that in high school is not taught well, and I look, at, I look in college, it's not taught very well in college either, is transition defense. Like giving up easy, you miss a shot, you turn over, you turn the ball over, being able to transition back. The first tip, the first two weeks in practice, it's it's all the fundamentals. It's blocking out. So defensively, it's blocking out. It's or rebounding the ball. It's transition defense. It's defensive footwork. Uh, it's it's high hands. Uh, and on offense, it's the same fundamentals. It's three on oh outlet, working on the fast break, getting guys, you know, we put a clock. You got three seconds to get from this spot to this spot. Uh, it's it's uh, shot fakes, pass fakes, fundamentals, footwork, uh, both both in a dummy sense. When I say dummy, three on oh, four on oh, five on oh. And then we go to recognition phase where, okay, we're working on a fast break because we said we're a fast break team. So, so we, we may do three on oh, four on oh, Five on working on our fast break. Then we go back and we say, okay, three on three on one recognition. So we got one guy on defense, and the, and that guy with the ball's got to recognize who he's not guarding. Okay, then we go three on two recognition in a fast break, not a three on two fast break situation. We're working on like a three on two continuous, but like we're working on our fast break. And then we go four on four on two, and maybe then we go four on three, and then we put a fifth person and we go five on two. I think I think helping kids. To make decisions like that is important. So who's open? There's a five-on-four situation, and you got to find the open guy or a five-on-three situation. So who's the open guy? Can you pitch that ball in transition to that guy? Or, or, or sometimes we'll play five-on-four, and we'll say, okay, the ball's got to be pitched ahead, and then now it's five-on-four from there. Can you find the open guys? So the big, a big part of skill development is, is decision-making and recognition. And so we're doing that both on offense, fast break. We do the same thing on defense. Sometimes we're a four-on-three disadvantage defense. And so the guys are learning how to scramble, rotate to the ball, things like that. We do that stuff in some varying form every day uh, through, through, in, in an intense way throughout the months, throughout, throughout those 20 to however many practices we get in November and early December. That, that really defines who we are. I mean, practices define who we are um, in a big way. Yeah, the intensity and practice and the prep, the preparation gets you ready for that opportunity in the game where you can really showcase it. On your, uh, I did have a quick question. So you talked about transition defense. So on, uh, let's say a shot goes up. You you guys put up a shot, good shot selection, whatever. Uh, back bounces off the back iron. You got a quick defensive rebound. Are you uh, are you having the closest uh, on ball defender jump the the offensive player right away, or are you just having all five get back? Depends on the team we have. There are some years that we picked up the – you're talking about really picking up yep. the press, essentially. There's some years that we picked up the press immediately right there on the ball. And you'll press off, off a missed – you'll press off a missed uh, shot? Every, everybody else back. We try to get the ball leveled off by, by the volleyball line close to half court, yes. Yeah. Uh, this year we did not. Everybody spread it back uh, because we, we, were, we were so good in other parts of our game because you, you got to have – you got to have some quickness to do that or some good in, you know, and we, we're quick, but that's, that's, that's another level. We've only had probably two teams in 18 years. 
most of the time we're transitioning back. We're trying to get the ball stopped by the volleyball line. We're building a wall because dual penetration is huge in, in, in our game. But in Florida, everybody's putting it on the floor and driving. Everybody. So we're, we're, we're not letting them drive it. Uh, we, we've got a scout report to recognize who shooters are. Uh, we're not letting the ball get to the rim. So that's what we did this year. But we, we've done both, not as much of picking up that ball, uh, uh, really above half court as we have getting all the way back. Because even though we're a pressing team, we're also, uh, I guess you all, the listeners would say, we're also a hybrid pack line team. So once we get to the half court, you know, we don't want that ball in the paint. We want, we, we're pressuring the ball, but we don't want that ball up to dribble in the paint. If you, if you got a post guy like we saw in the state championship game, we're not allowing that ball in the paint via the post touch. Uh, we're not allowing the ball in the paint via a cut to the basket. So we're still very much, I call us a hybrid pack line team because we will at some years, like this year, we, we got into the passing lanes a little bit more than some of our teams because that, was, that played into us uh, wearing people out. We had the personnel to get into the lanes a little bit and wear people out. So, um, so that, you know, all that stuff to me flows together in, our, in the aggressiveness in, the, in, in our program that we're, we're a pressing team. Uh, we get back, we're going to pick the ball up near half court. Just most, of the, most of the years when I say we're a hybrid pack line team, we're, we're kind of right in the middle. We're not packing it all the way in. We're not denying on the wing, but we're we're looking for we're looking for that pass if you throw it, you know. Um, and then, you know, our JV guys are teaching it. Coach D's teaching it, you know. And then, okay, the Campbell, David Campbell, the, the, the former player. He, well, he, I go to I go to the middle school championship that's at the Lakeland Center, the RP Funding Center, and he's he's pressing and he he's yelling about not being in the right spot defensively. So. Um, we definitely have those advantages, uh, with, uh, you know, at that level. So we're, we're trying to, we're trying to, to me, your, your system, philosophy, whatever you want, have to flow together. If I'm going to walk the ball at the court um, offensively, because I feel like that's my advantage, and I, we got coaches to do that, and I, I got no problem with that, then my defense has to be complementary. If my offense is designed to, to, to be patient, to run clock, well, to me, and it, I ain't the great pooper, but this is, you know, I'm on the podcast, so this is my philosophy. <laughs> I want my defense to be complimentary. Like, I, so my defense, and that's not, now listen, that don't mean that you can't press. So, like, we've, we've had some years that we've designed our press, well, maybe we don't play as fast as we played this year. But we designed the press, or, or against a particular team, maybe they just got too much, we can't run with them. We feel like we can't run with them. We can't allow them to run, because we always feel like we can run offensively. So we tailor the press uh, to, to, to trap less and to make sure that they're walking the ball up the court to slow them down. And so uh, I, I think our offense complements our defense. You talk about every time you see us, we're aggressive. Well, we're aggressive offensively too, um, and, we're, and we're proud of that. We're proud of that. And, and it's, it starts in practice. I mean, it starts with the way we practice, uh, with the things we do in practice uh, every day. That's great. The habits that you're teaching um, throughout the year manifests itself at the end of the season. It really paid off for you guys this year. As we wind this uh, this episode of this pod, of the podcast down, I want to finish with a couple of things. We um, we taught you mentioned preparing for your opponent, uh, like with and, and obviously you you mentioned you have someone on staff too that reviews game film for you and breaks it down stuff like that. Um, let's combine these last two uh, questions that I had with you know how do you prepare for your opponent. Um, and prepare your team for your opponent. 
And then uh, does how does game film, you're reviewing your game film process factor into that? We, um, for our district or county opponents, so, so this year, for many years, we've had the same people in our area, in our county, in the same district. But this year in the state, they did something different. And so we had some, we had some people from Orange County, which is Orlando for everybody, and Seminole County, which is, we've had some people from not in our area. But for anybody in our district or county, we try to see them in person as much as we can. There's some people, we can see them three, four, five times. We try to do that. We also, uh, obviously, we gather film on as much film as we can um, on opponents. Um, to me, I like, I've got some buddies that don't, they do all their scouting via tape. I, I like watching in person because I think there's something, like you can't always get the intensity of a game on, from a tape. You can't always get how hard a kid is playing or how, how skilled he is. Me, I can't. Now, maybe some people are good enough uh, uh, from a tape. So I like, especially if I can, watching people in person. Uh, but will we get just as much film, okay? Uh, this is the part we love. Uh, so you're talking about preparing for opponent. For instance, our district teams. We don't play them until January. So we got, we got November and December to kind of build our database of tape, go watch them play, stuff like that. We give a scout report to our kids. It's, it's at least a page. Sometimes it's, it's a page front and back. Uh, sometimes it's just a page in the front. And that scout report has tendencies for, for our opponents. Starters, uh, what hand they are, left or right. Can they shoot? Can they not shoot? Are they going to hurt us on, off the dribble? Or are, are they a non-dribbler? Uh, are they a post guy? What, what shoulder does that post like to turn over? If he has, is he a right-handed hook guy turned over his left shoulder? Uh, can we take advantage of this kid doesn't hustle? We can take advantage of him. Let's run. Uh, uh, obviously, any sets or secondary breaks. Or, hey, they're a transition team, so here's what we're going to do to stop their, their transition or secondary break. Um, it's a pretty extensive, for me, high school. I've seen some colleges don't give that much. It's a pretty extensive report. And now there, there are two ways to view it, and there's no, there's no right way. Um, so I've got some buddies. I've got one buddy that's won six state titles in Miami, and he, he does not scout people during the regular season. He, he will scout for the playoffs. And uh, or he, I should say, he scouts people, but he's not really scouting like we're scouting or giving a detailed scouting report. Well, his reason is I, I'm not going to adjust to other people. Other people are going to adjust to me. And he's got six state titles. It's worked for him. So I ain't, I ain't complaining. I got two. He got six. <laughs> I look at it as a teacher. I'm a school teacher, and this I'm building. I'm building my kids in practice with the scouting reports for the final exam, and the final exam is always the last game. And this year it was the championship game. Some years we get there, some years don't. But but every year, so like I'm I'm looking at this as a professor, as a school teacher. You know, the, you know we want these kids to be thinkers, and we think of them as being intelligent, and so. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons we do it. And, um, and, um, I apologize. That's one of the reasons we do it. And, and our kids, oh, our kids are used to it now because we do it. Um, I, I, I think because we do so much, we're, we're buried offensively. I think it's easy for our kids to pick up a scouting report. I think our kids that go to college to play basketball are better prepared because they have a scouting report. Yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense. When, okay, 
So you're talking about now in the playoffs as far as scouting or preparing for an opponent. Obviously, you don't get to see them in person as much. But we – okay, for the state championship games, Chip, we had seven or eight films on Dylan. We played on a Thursday. We played them on a Saturday. On that Friday, between games, we didn't, we didn't go on the court much. We shot some free throws and stuff like that. But on the Friday, between games, you, you like this. And, and coaches, the coaches that are listening, this is the culmination of everything we did in the year. We got those seven tapes, and, and we said, okay, you two kids, you're breaking this tape down. And you two kids, you're breaking this tape down. And you two kids, you're breaking this tape down. And, and the kids came up with the scouting report. Now, now me and Coach Austin, like, we, we're breaking we're, – we're doing it too. So, I got – I may have got three of the games, and he may have got three of the games. And we're, we're doing our work from the time we won the game Thursday by the time we got everybody home. You know, we're trying to get ready for practice Friday. You know, during practice, we let the kids break it down. Then we come together and we, we, we compare notes. Saturday, you know, we come in uh, – just Saturday, the championship game, we come in and we're walking through all of our notes. The kids have done their scouting. We've done our scouting. We've, we've had more time to watch tape, so we're getting ready. And so I – if you uh, – we've got some talent. There's so many years that we maybe have been outclassed a little bit in talent, and that's been the difference. Uh, our ability to prepare. And so you're talking about turning over ownership of a team to the kids. And, and while we tell you that we, like, we, don't, we don't define roles, the kids define them, they pick the captains. Uh, they they kind of manage a kid that's loafing in practice. Well, at the end of the year, they did the scout report, like for the state championship. And that not mean that we didn't have a say. You know, I'm not, I don't want to lie to you about that. But they're able to break it down. And we, I get the notes. I show them to Coach Austin. Coach Austin said, pretty good. That's <laughs> I mean, great. That's pretty good. And so uh, we, I think we got an obligation. Like if I'm an English teacher, is everybody going to go to college out of my English class and study English? No. But I still, I've got a responsibility to those kids that are maybe going to go to college and maybe be a literature teacher or study English in college. I got a responsibility to get them ready. But sometimes high school coaches say, well, my kids, all of my kids ain't going to college. I'm not doing that. Well, I got a responsibility for the kids who are going to college to prepare them and for the kids who aren't going to because this is preparing us for life this is how you prepare for life this is how you prepare for your job you call me for the podcast here and you're doing your homework and you're asking me questions for the podcast you're doing your job i sit here and i got notes to get ready to talk to you on the screen because well we got because i want coaches because when i when i listen to, to coaches i want information and i'm okay with sharing information and so we're teaching our kids how to be prepared for life. This ain't about basketball, even though it is about basketball. And so I think we have an obligation to be teachers and educators um, and to impart wisdom and how to prepare. So that kid, when he gets to school, is going to know how to take that material in, in his college English class and break it down. Because that's what we're doing. Uh, he's doing it out of an English book, the English teacher. We're doing it off of a tape, but we're breaking down. We're studying our opponent to give us an advantage. It's a cheat sheet to the test. And so we... We're really big on that. Um, I, we've got kids that have notebooks, okay? So you know, like you know Marlon, he's on our staff. He's still got his notebook from his time playing that has all the scouting reports in it, all right? From, from he played in wow. 12 years ago. So it's a big deal for us watching tape, okay? The kids don't watch much tape early in the year. Uh, about Christmas time, they really start watching tape. We We... We taper practices back some a little bit. Man. The kids will tell you we don't taper them back, but we taper them back a little bit in January and February. 
but we still, but we watch more tape. So maybe we were going two hours and 20 minutes full steam in November, December, two hours and 30 minutes. Well, maybe we're still going two hours and 20 minutes, but we're an hour and 30 minutes on the floor, 35 or 40 minutes watching tape. And then as we get to the playoffs, it's even more tape. And I'm not talking about us. We, we're doing that all year. The players are watching tape. Um, coaches, when do we watch tape? We watch tape mostly on game days. All right. So if we're playing an opponent, we've watched some. Maybe we play a Tuesday, Friday. Maybe we as coaches have watched the game tape on, on Tuesday night and Wednesday in preparation for practice Wednesday and Thursday. Maybe we watch a little bit of snippet of it on, on Thursday, the players. Because we're trying to, in practice, we're trying to simulate, we're running over the other team's offensive philosophy. And then on Friday, because we got pregame meal that the kids go to and we got them, they don't leave, they don't leave, they don't leave the school after pregame meal with us on game days. We watch more tape that day. And so I think getting the kids to be studious uh, with the tape watching, they're stuck. We've got kids who can break down tape like a, like a college coach. Uh, my seniors who've been with me four years, Josh Simons, who, Who's, who's one of our better players, first team all county. He's uh, the all state stuff came out yesterday. He's like second team all state. He can break down film, chill, like a coach. Well, he's been in the program four years. And so that's probably another thing that we, we kind of incorporated in practice. But the, I just believe that kids got to watch tape. I've got some buddies who won state titles. Another guy up in the Gainesville area, he, he, his kids don't watch any tape. He, he says he feels like if his kids watch tape, that they, that maybe they're going to um, think too highly of themselves and, and, and you know, they're not going to get what he wants out of the tape. And I, I counted to him because I talked to him a lot. I counted to him. I said, well, you got to teach him how to watch tape. I teach him. I would teach him, here's what you're looking for. And we value all our opponents. If we're better, than, maybe we're 30 points better than that team. I said, there's not a team that we play that we look at the tape and say we're 30 points better. And we're 30 points better because we make the 30 points. We're pressing. We're running on offense. We're, you know, we're, we're being aggressive. And so we teach our kids how to look at tape. Uh, we teach them, well, you're, you're looking at them as a weakness here, but what are their strengths? How do you, hey, uh, what, what is this team's strengths? Don't tell me that they're bad. They got some things they do well. What are their strengths? Um, it's, it's another reason why we've had success over the last, especially the last 13, 14 years while we've been probably the, I know we've been the best team in our county and probably one of the two or three best teams in the state uh, over that period. Uh, we've got players, we've got talent. Uh, but this is full service. This is everything. This a full this, service this, program. This, and full service. this is teaching and empowering. It's yes. teach. It's teaching them how to do it. It's it's letting them take ownership. Uh, empowering them to take ownership, and then watching them do it. Um, yeah, that's what we. That's what we're supposed to do as men. We're teaching them how to be men. Absolutely, and and then you get you get more out of it that way too, right? So, and I'm talking about as the as the player. You know, your coach invested in you taught you how to do this because we're supposed to be teachers, right? It, it taught them how to do it. They take ownership of it, it and, and are empowered to do it. And I always learned more that way. You know what I mean? Somebody teach me how to do it and then I'm hands-on with it. Um, and some of the, some of the things that I learned from being able to review game film now, game film wasn't as prevalent back when I played <laughs> as it is now. And, and there's a lot more tools to be able to do it. But yes. even in my profession now, um, during this, during the basketball season, I watch it. I watch a game a day of my film. Right. You know, I break down a, I break down a game a day of my film during the season, during my lunch break every single day. And I'll take notes on it. 
you know, and so like the preparation, it pays off in the end. But the fact that you're teaching them how to do it at this level and then empowering them to do it before such a big game is yeah. just fantastic. That is they, great. They, it's why we won. It's, it, 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 if the talent was equal, you know, I'm no better of a coach than him. Our players aren't any better. The intangibles in a game like that where two teams are evenly matched, you're talking about probably the two best teams in the state, really. It's, it's, that's why we won. And I'm not, I don't know what he did, but I know that his kids didn't do what we did. You know, not with that. Right. Uh, so, uh, that's good. You mentioned something to me on the phone the other day that I thought was really cool. And this kind of ties back to um, community involvement and ties back into everything we've been talking about, really. But um, you did mention just a few minutes ago your pregame meals. All right. And so you mentioned the state championship, too. But then on the phone, you told me um, kind of how you guys do pregame meals. Um, and I thought it was unique, too, that you keep them at school afterwards. So explain a little bit more of that on a game day what your process is, and then I'd love for you to tell everybody in your deep playoff run, your postseason run, all the way to the state championship game, what do your pregame meals look like and tell them the, the tiers that you guys go through. Okay, we, we, um, we, we have pregame meals for the kids after school. Obviously, we talked in the other segment about them being – basically, we don't pay any money for them. Uh, we do that for a couple of reasons. Number one – uh, there may be some kids whose parents are working, so when they go home, they, they're not getting a good meal. And to me, I think, I think that's a basic, uh, you know, a basic thing, a kid with a good meal. The other thing that we do, they're, they're, we've got some environments that aren't the greatest environments, so those kids are going home to an environment. I'm not necessarily talking about their house. I'm talking about the community. Maybe there's something, there's, uh, something uh, bad going on in the, in the community environment. So if they're with us, uh, after school, school ends at two. The games of Austin game starts at seven thirty. You know that doesn't happen. So the pregame meal was instituted to keep the kids on campus, so we can keep them together, keep them out of trouble, get them fed. Um, so, th so that's the one thing. I think what you're talking about. Uh, well, one of the things we talked about on the phone. We talked about so much. One of the stuff we talked about on the phone is the kids know that if we get to the final four. Uh, at our meals at the Wallace's trip, Wallace's parents' house in the evening. So on the on the on the Wednesday night before the Thursday semifinal game and the Friday before the Saturday championship game, if you get to the final four, you get steaks. Uh uh food chip brings people together. <laughs> That's right. So so we're talking about tying the community in. We start the playoffs in the district play. We go to we go to the Wallace's house. Uh their, their house is a couple minutes, couple minutes from the school. We start with lasagna. We've done this for about, I think Chip's been on staff 13 or 14 years. We've done this for 13 or 14 years, okay? We start with lasagna. I mean, Chip, you've got the players over there. We got, you see, you see my football staff, you got 10 coaches over yeah. there. A lot of times we've got coaches, wives, and families. You got between 20 and 35 or 40 people at a house. That's awesome. So, you know, we've got two district games. We had seven games. And the, the, the meals build. You start with lasagna. I mean, the next time you've got uh, some kind of pasta, fettuccine. The next time you've got uh, fried chicken. But you're building because everybody says, we want that steak. Like, steak and baked potato. Like. And so, yes. there, and the kids are running to the door because, you know, we got big steaks for us. Um, so, that's, to me, that, that exemplifies what all we've talked about building community, how to get the community involved, 
pregame meals, which that's not even on the game. And that's the day before game. Okay. Uh, uh, the nourishment, which goes to the basic need of a child. Keep, that way we keep them out of trouble. So a kid, a kid, we, we finish practice at 4 35 o'clock. Well, instead of a kid going, goes to his girlfriend's house to get some trouble, well, we're going to the Wallace's. We're going, we're going to eat. We're going to be there a couple of hours. Well, that's two or three hours that that kid's not in any trouble. Then we, we have school the next day and we, we're going to Sonny's or we're going to Zaxby's or we're going to whatever the local restaurant says to eat. Uh, that environment builds, we, talk, we talked about chemistry. That environment builds the chemistry. Uh, that environment, it, it, you know, we're at the Zaxby's and the Zaxby's general manager comes. She's got six or seven stores in the area that she runs. But anytime we come, she's at the Bartow store because she, she says, hey, I want to see my, I want to see my boys. Not the boys. Her boys. <laughs> um, I, I, see, to me, everything ties together. To, for us to run the kind of pro, why, why do we do this? If I got two daughters, and if I run the program thinking about what kind of program would I want my two daughters to be in? I hope they don't play basketball. I hope they play softball or, or something <laughs> like that. Like they're in T-ball now. They were in T-ball now. But, like, we run the program – like I would want my daughters to be involved in. And my assistant coaches, I say, well, okay, I, like Coach Austin's son played for me. Coach Tucker's son played for me. Coach D's son is playing for us now. Well, we, guys, I want y'all to run it so, you, so your kid can have a unique experience. In a, in a small, we ain't in no big city. We can do that right, right. here in little old Bartow. And, and we've been able to do it. And we've been able well, to you do sure it. have. I, this has been such an enjoyable conversation. Last thing real quick for coaches uh, that are wanting to start their own tournament. Um, I know that you put on a good tournament. I know it exists. I think it existed before you got to Bartow maybe, um, but you've continued it and you run a really, really good tournament. You do it. Um, interestingly, you do it after the last regular season game. So be- before the postseason starts, um, you run a really good tournament. Tell us about that tournament real quick. And then for those coaches out there that are really looking to start their own tournament, um, what are some best practices that you can give them to be able to run a successful tournament? We've, we, we tied in and we said, well, what's our purpose for the tournament? We wanted to get our area, which is Polk County, the best competition we could get before the postseason started. Okay, so, so we're getting, we get all the Polk County teams to sign up and then, um, and then we try to go get the best teams we can from around the Central Floor. And sometimes, sometimes we got people from around the state. We've got people from Miami as far up as Tallahassee, stuff like that. Uh, and sometimes out of state. We've got, like, next year we've got a team coming from South Carolina. Next year a really good team from South Carolina. So, so the number one reason we do it is because we want competition. Which, if you want to be a state championship program, you got to play people. And so we started it for us to get competition. And then we got other coaches involved, other county coaches, and said, we're going to get you a great game. The second reason we run it, and so we want to showcase, and I guess that ties into the first, we want to showcase Polk County basketball. It's an under, it's an under, uh, I don't know if the word is right, but under scrutinized area because it's not a big metro area. So we want to shine a light on Polk County basketball. So all the, all of the best programs in Polk County want to be in it. Their kids want to be in it. Their fans want to be in it every year. Okay. Maybe the next thing is we want, we are here to serve people. And so we, we want, we want great competition. We're looking for, it's a showcase for our area, okay? But we, um, the Lord put us here to serve people. And so, like, every team that comes gets a free meal. I mean, I ain't talking about, we, like, they go to Sunday's for free. We pay for it. And then that ties back into the community involvement that we've been talking about. Uh, the hospitality room is like 
a buffet. You've been in there. Uh, it's food everywhere. Uh, for the because we've got we've got thirty to forty volunteers that come and work it. The community uh, businesses, the people that do the pregame meals and the signs, they come to the games for free, and they're in the hospitality room. The coaches are in the hospital. We feed the teams. We give the teams free T-shirts. Uh, all that stuff. Um, I guess we call it the Stinger Shootout. It's sponsored by Mosaic. Really, I guess it's a big example of us building community, Chip. I mean, it's it's I a mean, it's a big example of you building community. So, it is a so great we're, example we're, of it. So we did it. So we did it because we're we're looking for elite competition. We're going to go before we go into the postseason. We're we're doing it to showcase our area. Is it a fundraiser? Absolutely. Uh, but we're, we're serving people. We're serving our kids. We're serving our community's kids. Chip, we got a waiting list of teams that want to come to it every year. Like I got to turn people away. We, we ain't got enough time. Yep. So I would say, I would say the coaches that want to start it, what's your purpose? Are you trying to get great competition? Uh, are you trying to raise money? Uh, are you, what are you trying to do? And then to me, if you're all, if, if you're looking for competition, which, which we, that's why we do it. And you're looking to showcase basketball in our area because it's under, it's underserved. Well, those two combinations are why we do it. And then everything else takes care of itself. Like the community part, the fundraiser, it's a big fundraiser for us. We make money off of it. The concession stand, we're selling chicken and we're selling chicken. I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's packed. So our, our game's on Friday night and then the Saturday night's packed. So we make money off the tickets. Uh, it just ties everything together. It's just, like you say, it's a great example of who we are. I would tell coaches to find a reason for doing it and then get others involved in your community with it uh, and then get other schools involved from the community, not your community, but from your surrounding county or your surrounding district or your surrounding area. Uh, we don't do it like a tournament, so it's not a, it's not like an 18 bracket where you keep winning. It's just a shoot, what we call a shootout, where you just Bartos playing the best team we can play, and then Lake Wells is gonna play the best team they can play. Um, the people love it, the kids love it, uh, the community loves it, and the community supports it uh, as well. It's a great and tournament. It's a it's a great turnout too. We we the biggest thing is if you want to be a champion, let's play a championship opponent. And so like we this year we played Osceola who at Kissimmee Osceola, which is, for, for our listeners, that's a school on the other side of Orlando, kind of near Disney World and area. Well, they were state champs last year in 2019. And so we, we, like, we, we played Leesburg on Friday night. Well, Leesburg was the state champs in 2018, and they had a good team coming back in 19 and this year. And so we're, we're, we're doing it for competition. And then our other Polk County schools also want competition. And so that's the reason we do it. So coaches, find a reason that you want to do it. If it's just to make money and you, you don't want that competition, well, then find avenues to, like, so we got, we got a spot, we got a name sponsor, the Mosaic. We have a presenting sponsor uh, uh, that takes care of the T-shirts. We have a restaurant sponsor that, that ties in, that we have a, a, another sponsor that pays for the restaurant to feed the teams. And so you could do all that if, it's, if your goal is just to raise money. Uh, and, and doing all that, you're building community. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you're building community. Um, that thing's a labor of love. I'm crazy because it's the week before the district tournament. The week before. <laughs> like we play, we, we're hosting, we're hosting, I think this year was 23 teams. Yeah, you hosted a lot of teams this year. On Friday and Saturday, we're exhausted. And then the district semifinals, which uh, it was a win or go home game until this year, the, the playoff format changed. But we're hosting them on Tuesday. <laughs> you crammed a lot of games into that weekend, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's our baby. That's our labor of love. That's our showcase, you know, to, 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 and it's, and, and it's Polk County showcase too. We, we, absolutely. 
Yeah, for the for for our guests that are listening that follow me on Twitter, um, if you go back to around the, I, guess, I guess it was uh, in February, right? Yep. Second first um, week in February. Yeah, that's right. If you go back to my Twitter uh, feed um, from the first week of February, I think I retweeted out uh, details about the tournament and stuff. You can see the graphics they put together. You can see the teams that were there. Um, that'll give you even some more information about uh, the Stinger shootout that Coach McGriff puts on at Bartow High School. Um, and leading into the postseason. So it's a great tournament. Thanks so much for sharing that information. I guess as we wrap this thing up, Coach, I know it's I know we've been talking for a while, but every single bit of this has been great. I've enjoyed every minute. Um, to tie this all together, community over everything. Yeah. Um, community basketball, the brand that you have built in Bartow, how everything ties together. I mean, we discussed, what, probably 20 topics tonight, yeah. and all 20 of those topics – are underneath the umbrella of community and they're all intertwined. They all weave together. And, and I would venture to say that a lot of the success that you've had would not have been possible without community and without the community uh, brand that you have built there in Bartow. No, no question about it. And, and, uh, and you can do it anyway. So that's my, that would be my, my comment to the, to the listeners is it ain't something that's unique to us. You can do it anywhere. Uh, if, if you're willing to put the work into building it at all levels. And um, it's been fun, and, 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 and we're very thankful, and we hope it continues. If, Chip, if any coach wants to reach out, they, they can get with you all. We'll share. We got stuff that we'll send them. We'll share it. We, like, our goal, like, we're supposed to be helping kids. We're, we're building men. Oh, if you if you coach ladies basketball, you're building you're building young women. I got two girls. We're building. We're the whole thing about building community is these are the folks who are going to be our future. These are the future doctors, lawyers, politicians, teachers, and and we're going to either profit from or suffer from what they become. And so, um, teaching them how to tie community because we're doing that too. Like. Like we had the team go talk to the Kiwanis. The team. I'm not going to talk to Kiwanis. Kiwanis giving y'all money. Y'all going to talk to Kiwanis. Like we're teaching them how to build community uh, because we're teaching them how to be men. And what's a man? A man, is, number one, he's a, he's a provider for his family. He's a protector of his family. Uh, uh, he's using his skills, talents uh, for the good so, so that his family's pleased, the Lord's pleased. Um, He's too, we're teaching hard work uh, and practice. We're teaching hard work in the class. Uh, we talked about um, accountability and consistency, uh, showing up every day. Well, that's it. You got to show up. You're going to get paid. You got to show up. You ain't getting paid on somebody's job without showing up. So we're still using it to teach the life lessons that God gave us to teach the, teach the people. Uh, teach the the people. values that you're the values that you're instilling in in uh, these young men have not only paid dividends on the court. But the thing that I know that you're probably the most proud about is that it's going to pay dividends in their life. And hopefully they'll be able to take some of these values that you've taught them and, uh, and the people around you have taught them and take that with them for the rest of their life as you are referencing and become incredible young men and productive young men in society. So I, I appreciate um, your time that you've spent with us tonight, Coach. Thank you so much. We've learned a lot. I've got a ton of notes right here, and I know that you guys do as well. If you weren't able to take notes tonight, of this podcast and you do want to reach out to coach coach do you have a way to connect with him or do you want us to put it in the description of the podcast i don't know all that stuff we got a twitter so they can go to uh at barto basketball with one l instead of two we've got a facebook account 
Bartow basketball. Uh, my, Coach D does that. So we, we're, we're marketing our program. I guess we've got a, an Instagram account, or you can email me, yjbball at gmail.com, yjbball at gmail.com. You can call me. I don't want to put my phone number out there, but I'll, <laughs> if you email me, I'll call you uh, uh, because we, I mean, we don't have any secrets. We, we're helping kids. And if, you, if we can help you help kids, we may be asking you some questions uh, about what you do at your program. So people are more than welcome to reach out. We'll give all the information we can. And we spent, we probably spent more time talking about non-basketball stuff. But we, you know, we want some basketball questions about our press, about how, our fast break, whatever. We, we'll, 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 I mean, we ain't recreating the wheel. We're just trying to perfect it. Uh, our skill development program, uh, we, we do all that. It's one-stop shopping. There you go. You're giving us a lot to think about, contemplate, think over, hopefully stuff that we can install in our programs. Coach Terrence McGriff of the Bartow High School Yellow Jackets in Bartow, Florida, thank you once again for joining the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. It was a pleasure to have you on, and we hope to be in touch with you soon. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you.